Sheryl Sandberg once said, in the future, there will be no female leaders. There will just be leaders. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we celebrate Women's History Month. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. We celebrate Women's History Month to remind ourselves of accomplishments of women throughout the years to our culture and to our society. It is a chance to reflect on trailblazing women who led the way for change and quite frankly, to celebrate women everywhere. And to help me do this, I, it, I have one of my greatest mentors. Our guest today has made significant deposits into my leadership journey and many others. She is a leader of leaders that has a magnetic presence and tremendous influence. Wendy May was promoted to Senior Vice President for Field Sales of Cintas in December of 2017. Wendy oversees the rental field sales force comprised of more than 2,400 sales reps, managers, and directors. The sales vice presidents of each region report directly to Wendy. In her prior role as vice president of the Midwest and Central regions of her organization, Wendy led her region to a number one ranking in the company for fiscal year 17. Under Wendy's leadership in fiscal year 15 and 16, her region also finished number one in her organization. She's heavily involved in the strategic growth, profitability, and partner engagement initiatives. Wendy joined CentOS in 2006 as a facility services sales manager, and in 2009 became a market manager, and then transitioned into the role of director of sales in 2012. In December of 2017, Wendy was promoted to senior vice president of sales. She's very active in the mentorship programs and diversity and inclusion programs with CentOS. She's also very passionate about developing young men and women and actively mentors for multiple protégés. I was actually one of those. And in 2016, Wendy was recognized as one of the most powerful and influential women by the Ohio Diversity Council uh, of Ohio. Wendy currently resides in Loveland, Ohio with her husband, Matt, and her three beautiful children, Lillian, Jeffrey, and Chris. What I also know about Wendy that may describe her even best, she loves white chocolate mocha, fuzzy socks, and Nora Jones. Wendy May, welcome to the show. Jeff, it is so exciting to spend time with you today. I literally can't even tell you uh, how I have felt all week just preparing for this. It's great to hear your voice and great to see that you're thriving. Man, I will tell you, this has been heavily anticipated for me. And I'll say this to the listeners. I often talk on this show that there's two things that can literally change who you become. And it's what you consume and who you hang out with. Who, who is your circle? And I have been fortunate uh, to have Wendy May in my circle. Uh, she was assigned to me as a mentor uh, several years ago. And through that experience really helped me navigate uh, the things that maybe I was missing, you know, smoothing out those rough edges. I always tell our listeners, Wendy, that uh, find people that have been where you want to go. 
And even more is the people that can make the deposits. And there's a difference between mentoring and people that make deposits. And you have been one of those uh, leaders in my life. And uh, I, I consider it a great privilege to have you on. And there's no doubt that the audience is going to benefit from it. So thank you again for investing. Thank you, Jeff. Totally you my bet. pleasure. You bet. So, you know, whenever I, I think of uh, I think of International Women's Day and, and why do we celebrate that? And, you know, March is a, a significant month. I have a wife that is an entrepreneur. I have a daughter in high school. Uh, I think of amazing uh, leaders like yourself. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit of why national, what does National Women's History Month mean to you? What is the significance of it? And uh, what does it mean to you to honor women and, and their roles? And, and how would you capitalize or, or express what National Women's History Month means to you? And what would you say to our audience about that? How do you celebrate that? Yeah, thank you for that, Jeff. You know, this is a little bit of a slippery slope for me, believe it or not. Every time I have been promoted throughout my entire career in the last 25 years, it has been a male that has promoted me. Right. So uh, it's tough because my career was built by male advocates. Um, and so to constantly be talking about females in the workplace, a lot of times makes me feel like I'm doing all of the males who have played such a huge role in my life a disservice. But where I've come, uh, where I've come from and to is that um, I believe this with everything in me. And I know this is, might be a little controversial to say, but I believe men and women are fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe I am doing a disservice to the wonderful males in my life to talk about what it means to me to be a female in the workplace. And uh, this might even describe some of it again, maybe a little edgy uh, to say, but I'm even emotional about the topic. And uh, is that to say men wouldn't be emotional about the topic too? Absolutely not. But I can tell you, that's how, in my opinion, I was built and designed was sure. to be emotional and to kind of have um, a lot of empathy, compassion and emotion in my day to day movement uh, as a parent, as a sibling, as a friend. And now over the past uh, 15 years at Cintas and 25 years to bring that to leadership and to feel comfortable enough in my own skin uh, to, to be clearly okay with being emotional and um, to cry a little bit if that's necessary, to laugh a lot and to show up as authentic and transparent as I possibly can, even if it isn't favorable and even if it's not in favor. Um, so I will tell you, Jeff, what this means to me personally, not necessarily what it means to women everywhere, but sure. personally to me, this is a celebration of uh, my development as a human being and my coming to peace with being a female in the workplace and being able to bring my whole self to work every day uh, and not feeling like I have to filter that because I was designed a little differently. And again, nobody's asked me to show up differently. Well, we might talk about that a little later, uh, time <laughs> here or there, but nobody's necessarily asked me to show up differently, but a lot of that's the story we tell ourselves. Sure. And I think uh, women are very self-critical um, you know, we can even be labeled dramatic. I don't know you could agree or disagree, but I can tell you that those labels do come as part of being a female. And what I have recognized is call me whatever you want, but I'm going to show up and win. 
Uh, And I'm going to do it, bringing my whole self to work as authentic as I possibly can. And if that involves a couple of tears, a lot of laughter, some pushback on my part, some high level of emotion, uh, I'm in. And at age 48, to be able to say that, uh, that's what this month means to me personally. Um, So I hope that answers your question. But it's been a long journey for me, Jeff. It really has. And beautifully said, it's one thing for me to give my two cents on what it means to me, right? But I I love because, uh, and one of the things that you said is about how you bring your whole self. And I will tell you, there is nothing more uh, that gives more peace of mind than that. And I've witnessed this with Wendy and uh, Wendy's brand. I'm giving you my opinion. Wendy's brand is that of a vulnerable leader and uh, very transparent, very authentic. And I will say this, whenever we move into the, the space that we're built to be, that's whenever we can add the most value. And that's not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. But uh, this is a fresh reminder to the listener that we're counting on you to show up as you. Uh, the world has a lot of the uh, vanilla and the same and everybody trying to be like somebody else. And Wendy, you exude this in such an amazing fashion and it's contagious. And quite frankly, it, like I said in the intro, it is absolutely magnetic. And um, I, I want to dive into some of the questions around the topic. But before we do, to give the audience a little bit uh, about your background, you know, uh, was it that, you know, you were a, a young a young girl and said, one day I'm going to be an executive leader in a Fortune 500 company and I'm going to take the world by storm and everything just fell into place perfectly for you. Tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, some of the depth and responsibility maybe of your current role and if I would have told you 30 years ago, you would be in the seat you are now, would, would you have believed it? Oh, my gosh. Jeff, so funny. Um, would I have thought I was in the seat? Uh, would I have ever dreamed this to be true? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, by nature, I'm a little bit of a free spirit, uh, if truth really be known. So while I have this, um, I guess some feel like it's a really big job. To me, I just feel like I'm Wendy uh, leading people and whatever. That sounds really humble and cheesy, but it really is true. And to your point, maybe a lot of it's because I never expected it. This was not meant to be my trajectory. Uh, because I'm a free spirit, I, ch- I tend to chase things that I'm in love with. Being in corporate America is difficult. It's challenging. Sure. Um, and so c- to keep running towards it after 15 years is actually very different than my normal personality would uh, would have me go in that direction. I typically probably would have uh, fit kind of more of a millennial profile of taking jobs that I loved that fed my soul along the way versus sticking to one trajectory and kind of trying to rise through the ranks. So uh, was I expecting this? No way. And I feel like that's the fun of it. I'm not sure uh, with my personality if I would have ever chased this had I have known this was going to be the outcome, because I'm not sure it would have sounded fun to me. Uh, It has been super fun, but I'm not sure in the beginning side, if you just said to me, you're going to be in corporate America for 15 years and you're going to have to move and shake and show up in a way you never thought you were capable of every single day for 15 years. I would have said, I'll redecorate a van and travel throughout the country with my dog and things will be fine, right? So that's my normal personality. So (laughs) to answer your question in short, this has been incredibly fun, incredibly rewarding. It is one of the biggest blessings of my life, but certainly not pre-planned. And uh, to talk a little bit about just rolling out of bed and showing up like this, uh, it almost makes me laugh. Uh, I want to be vulnerable enough to tell our listeners, I am on my third marriage. 
he is incredible. And I tell him, as long as he does things my way, it'll stay only, it'll be my last. Um, I can tell you that I did not finish college. I went till I was a senior and decided I wanted to be a flight attendant instead of uh, finishing college, which was a brilliant idea on my dad's uh, dime. He was absolutely thrilled about that. But of course, I don't think much of a surprise, again, considering the way I'm kind of wired. Uh, I thought it would be fun and fun uh, for a long time to me was the answer to everything. Uh, and I had a lot of failures. I did. The not graduating from college is huge. I've lived with that my entire life. Uh, in corporate America, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a badge of honor by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, going through three marriages, um, again, uh, shows a, a sign of weakness somewhere, I'm sure on my part, right? And uh, then also the fact that uh, here I am with this kind of different personality than corporate America tends to be drawn to. So yeah, I think I've had so many failures and so much kind of working against me that I think on some level that has ultimately been what's fueled me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, Jeff, uh, comes from uh, talking about females is I was a single mom for a large majority of my 15 years here in my current role at Cintas. And every day was spent fighting for my kids, right? It really, at some point in life, it wasn't about me and it wasn't about having fun. It was about, I have two kids to raise. So it's so multi-layered in that question. But uh, yeah, looking back on my 12-year-old self, uh, this is not how I'm wired at all, but it has worked out and I am beyond thankful for it. So hopefully that kind of answers your questions here and there. But uh, it, it absolutely does. And as you're saying this, I'm listening as a dad. Um, yes. And so I want to I want to say this for those of you that are listening that have this is not a female driven show. Of course, this this advice applies to everybody, quite frankly. But if you have a, a young daughter, a granddaughter, uh, a you know, a niece, whatever it might be, send them the link to this show. You know, when what Wendy just said, I think, has a tremendous amount of depth. You know, it's not always how you start, uh, but you can control how you finish. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, what began or maybe you weren't cut from the mold or maybe it wasn't picture perfect. But I will tell you this, the attributes that Wendy brings to the table, I can guarantee you this, there wouldn't be hell or high water that would keep her from making impact. And I've known this about Wendy, and I guess I'm going to speak my opinion, is that Wendy is in a people business. And I've known that about Wendy's leadership. And she is the kind of leader that when she takes care of people and people take care of her business. And that's a testament to Wendy's leadership. But I want to challenge you with what Wendy just said. You know, we don't always know where it's going to go. But if you work hard and you be nice to people, as you can see in the backdrop, this stuff absolutely matters. So based off of what you said there with that, Wendy, there have been some challenges along the way. Uh, you, you've already shared some personal challenges. I'm sure that, uh, you know, the jungle gym that is corporate America had some challenges. What advice do you have for people on how you've learned to best navigate setbacks and challenges to keep pursuing your dream? How do you keep winning despite some of these challenges? Yeah, it's such a great question, Jeff. And I will tell you, uh, there is one word for me, and I have studied. Uh, one thing I am a huge studier of is h- the human spirit, how the human spirit acts, reacts, um, how it is reciprocal, and what drives uh, reciprocity uh, on top of where do you get discretionary effort, right? So I've studied, uh, I can't tell you how many classes and podcasts and books and just studying I have done over the years on the human spirit. 
the word that stands out to me on how I have gotten here all is in completely encapsulized in the word confidence. Mm. Confidence is so hard and it can be critical to your success or your demise. Oh, yeah. Now, when I talk about confidence, there's a lot of layers to how do you get confidence? How do you keep confidence? What happens when your confidence is rocked? And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in, in, a, in small portions. But at the end of the day, confidence is the am answer and confidence is an inside job. And so where, what I think has moved me and continued to drive me to win is what motivates me and inspires me to have confidence is only me. Hmm. There is nobody on the outside of me, including my children, my husband, my friends, my family that can move me and win for me. That's I good. realized at some point, nobody is coming to save me. Yes. right. They can walk with you, but they cannot do it for you. Mm -hmm. So the confidence has to be an internal job. So when the going gets tough and somebody says uh, some sort of outrageous statement in the middle of a corporate meeting <laughs> that could completely knock you off your game, what do you pull from? And if you're constantly looking to the external, to be able to pull from, uh, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, you really are. You'll make you could make a career-ending move yeah. uh, through being emotionally hijacked, uh, through not thinking clearly, taking 24 hours to take a step back. Uh, where I find I'm able to show up best is to be really strong on my feet, even if I'm rocked. And I have that quality because my confidence uh, is done inside. I am not looking outside for that level of confidence. Well said. Well said. So th that that brings about a, f a good follow-up question, maybe in my mind is as your life has evolved, as your career has evolved, uh, two-part question maybe, how has your confidence changed over the years? And, and how would you explain the importance maybe of adapting and growing your confidence to the responsibility that you have? Because I'm sure it's had to evolve as your influence has evolved and you know, there's different uh, pitfalls that you have to avoid and different things coming at you. How has your confidence changed over the years? And how would you explain that that critical importance of adapting and growing uh you know, flexing that confidence muscle as your responsibility evolves yeah great question here's what i would tell you early on confidence probably up until 12 15 years ago i'm a words of affirmation person if you tell me i'm pretty you tell me i did a good job today uh that goes I'm telling you, Jeff, um, that can completely change the course of my day. Wow. And uh, especially 15 years ago. Now, that is a love language of mine, but it does not uh, detract or even uh, maybe minorly, but very minorly, play into my confidence level. So hmm. I think that's where I was 15 years ago. I was looking for words of affirmation and for people to tell me that I did a good job or I said something that impacted their day or that I was an incredible leader or to give me words of affirmation in regards to accolades and different things that I was chasing. Uh, very not important to me these days. It's still a deposit into my piggy bank so I can operate from a full piggy bank perspective, uh, but it does not uh, weather my confidence either way. Here are some of the couple of tips I have on kind of the new version, the 3.0 of Wendy, uh, which talks a little bit about where my confidence really comes from. And there's, I have kind of six principles that it comes from, but I want to talk about two specifically. One is learning that what people say behind my back is none of my business. That's good. Uh, a lot of times confidence is rock 
because people throw rocks at things that shine. That's in Taylor mm. Swift's song. I never thought I'd recite Taylor Swift, <laughs> but here it is. Um, it. People throw rocks at things that shine. And so uh, they're going to talk behind your back. And here's what I figured out, Jeff. They're going to talk behind your back, whether you show up the way they want you to or the way you want to. Either way, it's coming. So you might as well have the confidence to feel good about what you're doing and recognize what they say behind my back is none of my business. Mm. And you know what? Uh, I love your be nice piece. So this probably is not a very nice statement, but I believe this. This is the edgy part of my personality. Probably another reason that I was able to get myself here is this. If they're talking behind my back, you're behind me for a reason. Say it. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to be it. honest. So um, if you've got time to talk behind my back, that keeps you from talking about somebody else. So now, am I brilliant at it? Do I not have moments? Absolutely. I get to completely, it, somebody says something and I'll ask five people around me, why are they saying that? Right. And some of it's lack of confidence for a moment, momentary lack of confidence. And some of it is clarification, but yeah, I still get rocked. Sure. But within an hour or two, I'm able to say to myself, it's none of my business. If they, if it was really meant to be constructive, they would have said it to my face. So uh, that's kind of number one. Number two, uh, and again, I have like six of these, but no, I think no, the two please. most important one is is the second one. Uh, you know, you hear it all the time, but I want to take a deeper dive into it. Never compare yourself to the person next to you. When I was going through my second divorce, Jeff, uh, I call those my bathroom floor moments. I was married to my second husband for eight years. We uh, had my beautiful son, Jeffrey. He is literally uh, the light of my life, to say the least. And um, I was completely rocked by that divorce. Mm. And while I was on the bathroom floor, literally on the bathroom floor, staring at my bathroom tiles, wondering how I was going to pull myself back up and move myself forward, uh, that was right around the time where Facebook was becoming kind of a really big deal. And uh, hey, listen, I am not advising that you're not on Facebook. I will tell you I'm no longer on it. And here's why. As I'm on the bathroom floor, wondering how I'm to get to my life my life together i am pulling up all of the friends that i've done life with along the way on facebook and what do you think i saw their beautiful Perfection. highlight reel, yeah. uh, them and their significant other um, singing lullabies and mac making homemade macaroni and cheese before bed. I could barely get the kids dressed, Jeff. Right. And I was comparing myself against somebody else's highlight reel, which is a, a lot of times the case. Now, that's yeah. the high side of comparing yourself. The low side is uh, the, the worry about comparing yourself against mediocrity. You know, I have a sales job. So sometimes when I go into a, a, a an organization, one of my locations, and I talk to the sales team, you'll have a rep say, I'm killing it. I'd like to be the next up and comer. Sure. And you say, okay, tell me about you killing it. And they give me their numbers and they tell me about them, how well they're doing. And um, I don't say it this way, but internally my narrative, and I eventually am able to coach through this a little bit, is you're killing it relative to the people on your team, mm. but who said they're the bar? And yeah. that's the same with life, right? Uh, to declare victory like I am winning at life would be crazy because what's the bar? What is the bar? Is there a bar? I don't right. think so. I think you can be limitless in what you want to do. So I think uh, comparing yourself is scary and it steals your confidence. Uh, it makes you feel like something is going on around you that you are unable to attract or develop. And that just simply isn't true. It's just that they, they're not your journey. You're yeah. your journey. You're your comparison. So that, those are the good. two biggies, and that has changed me tremendously. You know, in saying that, I I tell leaders all the time that the goal is to reach your fullest potential. That's the benchmark. 
like that, that that's what we're competing against is what is our potential? Where can we go? You know, the other thing that you said that stood out in, in answering some of those questions was what people say behind my back is none of my business. I will tell you what, that is a freeing mindset. And if, and listener, if we can get a hold of this, I can't tell you how many times in our lives that we get so consumed with what are they thinking? What are they saying? Or we hear that they're saying it's really irrelevant to your journey. It's really irrelevant to how you show up, to how you perform. And Wendy, that, that is absolute gold. I absolutely agree. Now, speaking on that same vein of, of confidence, and we talked about adversity, some of the challenges, so on and so forth. So when you are feeling like your confidence is being compromised, whether it's uh, what somebody said or the Facebook scenario or whatever it is, how do you go about managing your confidence whenever you feel like, man, you might be losing it today. I might be losing this a little bit. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit set back. What, what do you do? What would you tell the listener is a best practice to manage confidence when it's being compromised? Yes, uh, this is probably my favorite question that you've asked because you can't master confidence unless until you can master when it's compromised, hmm. right? Because that's half of that's half of what takes you out because you make a decision when you're compromised and it completely changes the course of your career, your personal life, your marriage, uh, the way you raise your children, et cetera, et cetera. So I think uh, I don't think I know. We tend when our confidence is compromised to take a jump off of a cliff, which is what I mean by taking a big making a big decision. For instance, uh, my my confidence has been rocked. I'm going to go look for a new job with a company that'll appreciate me more. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, today is not a good day to go look for a new job. Clearly, I have uh, it's about being able to take a step back and say I am compromised. That is not a logical reaction to what happened today or. I am compromised and I have done this plenty of times, Jeff. We just talked about it in my in one of my personal relationships. I want out of that relationship because I told you earlier, I tend to always want to run towards the light. Um, and so if that means leaving a relationship, even one that I should stay in that's worthy of staying in for years, I would just exit the building. Right. I call that jumping off a cliff because yeah. your confidence is compromised. What I have learned to do is take a pause. So take some space and figure out what plugs into your confidence. Mm -hmm. Where do the deposits come from and pull that lever before you make any other decisions? So I would tell you that you can't master confidence until you can master when it's uh, when it's really compromised. And the answer is, what's your pause? Let me give you an example. If I am rocked in a meeting, which happens all of the time, right? A lot of alphas in the meeting, including myself. Uh, I am no walk in the park and I recognize that, especially when we're trying to drive our agenda and run our businesses the way we want to it you get your confidence rocked you find yourself back in your desk you have a little bit of a pit in your stomach you're not sure you feel good about your future you don't know if you said something that was out of line that's going to change how somebody feels about you long term i'll tell you i have fuzzy socks you mentioned that early i have them in yeah. my in my uh desk drawer do not think i won't put them on if i am in a compromised position uh i will walk out to my car and sit and listen to Nora Jones and call my sister, who is my best friend, uh, and have her remind me why I'm working so hard and why this is worth my confidence being rocked, right? And then I have uh, an app on my phone. This is totally hysterical, but it offers me affirmations throughout the entire day. Wow. And so a lot of times they show up 
just when I need them. Well, that's just a small thing that anybody can get, but it's a pause and it's able to help you level set so you can move again greatly into the life that was chosen for you instead of jumping off of a cliff and making a decision uh, that changes your life entirely. It's, this is something that you've shared with me um, in one-on-one in -on -one meetings and something that I've grabbed a hold of. And here I am being vulnerable, you know, for those that I've led or whatever it might be, uh, you may be shocked to hear this, but there were many, many times in my journey that my confidence was rocked, whether it was, you know, I was in a meeting and, you know, somebody uh, stood out stronger than I did, or I felt inferior. And I remember talking to you about this one time, which is how I learned about the fuzzy socks, Nora Jones and the white chocolate mochas. And I thought, you know what, as silly as that sounds, I think what I, what I've been able to learn from that is the pause that you talk about, it starts to reset your mind because so many times I think uh, we take something that's so small and we make the problem way worse than it is. As a matter of fact, I would tell you, looking back, I fabricated most of it myself. And Story those you pauses really help you readjust uh, what reality is and remind you of who you are. Because there's a, a big difference between, and, and I've heard you talk about this, Wendy, there's a big difference between what you do and who you are. And when you truly know who you are, your confidence will, will be unwavering. But even in the best of the most confident people at times, that is absolutely going to happen. And I think it's great advice to take, uh, take the pause. So whether it's the fuzzy slippers or however you all do you, take this because this was something Wendy shared with me years ago. And it's something that has absolutely helped me. Now, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to piggyback off something you said about this might not be too nice. Now, anybody that knows you, like I know, you know that you are nice, but you do carry an edge. And I love that because it's proof that you don't have to be this or that, that you can be this and that. And I think that's where a lot of leaders miss it, Wendy, is that they feel like uh, in order to rise to the top that I just got to crack skulls or, hey, if I'm too nice, I'm going to be labeled as fluffy or whatever it might be. Now, I will say most, most confident leaders that I've come across are tough-minded and firm. However, many female leaders that I've mentored over the years that, that I've mentored, like you've mentored me, have expressed concern for being too kind as it, as it might come off fluffy and soft. They're, they're also very cautious not to be tough as maybe it comes off as too aggressive or they're overcompensating. How do you navigate uh, this balance uh, of this dynamic? How do you navigate the two and what advice do you give in general and maybe any specific to uh, a female like some of the ones that I've mentored that just didn't know how to act? What do you say to them? Yeah, well, I'd say this. Uh, some of that commentary is self-narrative. Yeah. Right. I don't want to come on too strong because I'll be seen as too assertive. I don't want to be too soft because then everybody's going to think I'm a doormat. And that falls in line sometimes with what, how women, how women can be perceived in the workplace. That's a, that is a narrative you tell yourself. Very little of that is actual reality. So, and then I go back to what people say behind my back is none of my business. So quite frankly, and uh, being blunt, Jeff, I don't really care uh, what the assessment is of others in regards to uh, if I'm too kind, 
if I'm too thoughtful, if I'm too empathetic, if I'm too tough-minded, here's the bottom line. I have a job to do. Yeah. As long as I'm winning at that job and, and the people that work for me are offering discretionary effort, that doesn't mean love every decision I make. That doesn't mean are in love with me and my leadership style. That just means are giving me discretionary effort because they know I've got their back and they know I am a leader that's going to continue to rise regardless of how often I fall and they want to be in my boat. That's the only, that's what I'm looking for. Outside of, am I too harsh? Am I too tough-minded? Am I too soft? I don't know. That's an opinion. And uh, what they say behind my back is none of my business. So I think once I got rid of that narrative of constantly telling myself all those different stories, now I just tell myself the true story, which is this, Jeff. This is what I do, not who I am, right? Coming to work every day is what I do. I'm thankful for it. It's been a huge contribution to my life and the life of my families. But I have a much bigger responsibility in life that has nothing to do with my career. In my world, it's faith-based, but it can be whatever is important to you and whatever your next level is. But when I wake up in the morning, I have one person that I have to take care of above and beyond myself. And as long as uh, I have done that or one entity, however you want to call it. As long as I fulfilled that obligation, I'm winning. So again, I say winning at work, but in my opinion, winning at life is showing up and being kind because that's what the world needs more of. Yeah. And my responsibility is bigger than what people in the workplace say about my kindness. Um, and you know what I've also learned? They'll figure it out soon enough. And don't ever mistake my kindness for weakness. That would mm -hmm. just be a tragedy on your part. So oh, uh, I also feel like if you want to take yourself down that road of telling yourself a story that Wendy's really fluffy. I've even had people say along the way, Jeff, she uses her setbacks um, and is entirely too vulnerable. And what are the rest of us supposed to do with that? We don't all want to air our dirty laundry to everybody we know and see. My answer is then don't. Right. You be you. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. is taken. Yeah. Uh, I have learned through the years. The only thing I do really well is show up as Wendy May. Everything else is an epic fail. So uh, I just encourage people. You don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. But we can we can agree to disagree and recognize that what we're showing up for is what we're called for. That's whatever so your one. calling looks like. And um, part of my calling and my responsibility is to be kind and to be fair and equitable in every single decision I make, whether it's popular or not popular. Then the other half of, of my calling is to show up and rise up and be able to use my voice. And I have found, Jeff, through the years that the only way you really get a platform in life to use your voice is when you win. You have to be the best singer. You have to be the best salesperson. You have to be the best motivational speaker to really uh, be classified as a winner. So I just show up and say, if this is what I'm going to do, I'm yeah. coming here to win. And yeah. that way I can use my voice. Yeah. Hey, man, results, right, are so important because they do give you a platform. And I'm just thinking of your bio and all that you've accomplished. And Wendy, Wendy's one of the nicest people that I know. But how many know what Wendy's accomplished? You do not get there by being fluffy and a pushover. Come on. <laughs> like, we know there's got to be balance. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. And quite frankly, although that I have heard that bubble up a lot from females that I've mentored, this is a principle. This is I a mean, leadership principle. You know, there it doesn't have to be this or that. I think assertive is the sweet spot. You know, assertive is 
you know, I'm not going to be so aggressive that everybody is in, you know, detrimental fear when I show up. And I'm surely not going to be the one that's disrespected. I'm going to find that balance, but I'm going to make so big of deposits that I will cash in the withdrawals when I need to. Uh, you know, it's similar to having a child, right? Not that I'm saying our employees are like children, but, you know, if you had to discipline one of your three kids, they wouldn't be like, you know, she doesn't love me anymore. I hate her guts. No. Why? Because you give daily deposits. Now, if you're not giving deposits and you crack somebody, they will think you're a jerk. But people that you make deposits to and then you have to go make a withdrawal to, not only do they receive that assertiveness, but they're also thankful for it because there's a fine line between uh, having to work for somebody and not wanting to let them down. And Wendy May, you are a leader that people do not want to let down. So great advice. So obviously you do. Um, uh, the, the listeners may not know this, but uh, you work in an environment that is predominantly made of male leaders. Can you take a moment to talk to the women listening that maybe are in similar environments what perspective and advice can you offer them as they navigate their success? Has there been any pitfalls that they can avoid? Uh, may it be at any place of their journey uh, in their career? Or I'm thinking of my wife, even as a, an entrepreneur and some of the stories she has come home with. What's your, what perspective and advice can you offer these ladies that might be in somewhat of a male-dominated environment? Yeah, Jeff, it can be outrageous. It really can. That's the word I'm going to use. But it can be outrageous to be in a predominantly female environment, right? No That's sure. just being in an environment. Uh, the human spirit is incredible, but it's wired a certain way. And one of the ways it's wired is this, uh, because we're humans, right? We're just human beings doing the best we can. And one of the things that goes for humans, regardless of what an advocate you are for the human spirit, is this. People always want to see you do well, hmm. but never better than them. Oh, Right. So if you look at that and you recognize that when you're in a business environment, I don't think that so much translates into personal. I don't know. Maybe it does just a little bit. I mean, I think I think uh, just if you go to one uh, school event with your children and look at all the PTO moms, maybe that is applicable across the board. But here's what I will tell you. Um, I recognize that. I recognize that everybody around me wants to see me do well, but not better than them. That wouldn't be normal. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to win. Everybody's fighting for their piece of the pie. And um, so some outrageous things have been said to me. And you know what? I've probably said some outrageous things. But what I recognize is it's all in this quest to to get to pit, you know, pivot and to make sure you're um, navigating your career property and sometimes there's consequences and collateral damage my expectation and this is where i feel like we have to change as females and males my expectation is that you if you say something that is outrageous to me i i expect an apology if I say something that's outrageous to you, I expect to apologize to you. That's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, there are no grudges. There are, I'm going to give you an example, Jeff. This is going to knock your socks off. I think you know this story, but uh, I've been at, at, at several, uh, this is not my only corporate job at Cintas, so I want to be clear about that. But I've had three different jobs in corporate America, and I had a gentleman in one of my promotions uh, literally say this to me. Uh, I, it was a panel interview, Jeff, so there were six of us in there. And after the panel interview, I had heard that he wasn't one of my advocates. So in true Wendy form and fashion, 
and I went up, got on his calendar, spent some time and said, I just need to understand why. And he said, let's be honest, this specific move was a diversity initiative. Mm. And uh, I can remember thinking, okay, you know what? Um, I, I won't share with you what my brain said at that moment <laughs> um, because I want I want people to still be as in love with you tomorrow as they are today But I uh, for inviting me on. But I can tell you that I remember thinking all these horrible things about this conversation I was having, thinking you couldn't have possibly just said, that's not real. Like the moments where you think, I wish I would have taped you saying that. Mm. I, I've probably thought that five times in my career. But at that moment, I thought, that would be it for you. Wow. Who says that, right? But then I left the, I, I thought to myself inside my brain, just watch me, right? Mm -hmm. You might think it's a diversity initiative now, just watch me, right? We'll ante up here at mm -hmm. some point in the end. And we did, and a very dear friend of mine now, we, we laugh about it quite often. But getting back to my point, I went home and I recognized, does he want me to do better than him? No, mm -hmm. he wants me to do really well. Right. But does right. he really want me to start to supersede him and where he is or even she and where she is? The yeah. answer is no. Yeah. So then I got home and I recognized he gave me a gift today. And the gift is this. There are some people that might have thought during that promotion I was a diversity initiative. I need the awareness to understand that. I will receive it as a gift and then I'm going to show up tomorrow and, and prove him or them wrong and remind myself that at least he said it to me. And uh, so I gained respect for him. Now it took me, now Jeff, when I say I gained respect <laughs> for him, I mean 48 hours of he's lucky I didn't find out where he lived type Picture of material, but right? that's exactly right. But after a period of time, I really learned that, hey, he said how he felt. Nobody else did, he did, he gave me a gift. And uh, did I really expect that everybody was gonna be cheering for me in the streets, just waiting for me to move myself? Here's the deal, Jeff. Uh, when I'm interviewing for some of these jobs, just like I'm sure all of your listeners interview all of the time, sure. people have worked their rear end off to get there. That's right. I mean, right. everybody's in it to win it and yeah. people dedicate hours and hours and hours. So what did I think? Because mm -hmm. I got it and I'm a really kind person and I've worked hard. Everybody's just going to take a seat and just oh, rise yeah. up and wrap. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I think some of it is changing your expectation and your narrative to understand people are rallying for you, yeah. but they're rallying for themselves more. And some of that uh, outrageous behavior just comes from... Um, unfortunately, jealousy. Yeah. Or insecurity, right? Insecurity, confidence, you name it, pick it. Well, it's like one of those look at me now, right? And I know you're humble, so I'll say it for you. But you you think of, uh, you know, results are some of the best retaliation you can ever have because your results will always speak louder than anything that you can say. And to see what you've accomplished, uh, just simply amazing. And uh, you can't do that via a uh, diversity initiative. Uh, I'm all about diversity, by the way. I'm a big proponent because if I'm building a team, I'd rather have the Avengers than all of Thor, right? Um, yep. So I'm all in, but I love that. And I love that perspective. And I love you being vulnerable because here's what I know. There's a lot of people that I coach. There's a lot of people that I mentor. There's a lot of businesses that I work with. There's a lot of people that I've mentored along my corporate career as well. And this is real. This is absolutely real. And this is how people are feeling. And if, there, if there's no communication here, and that's why I value you being on, Wendy, because you've, you have been there. And, and by the way, you've got a long runway left, but 
there's deposits that are being made right now, listener, that you can absolutely take into your inventory and say, yeah, that's going to be me. I will. I'm going to do it that way. Maybe this speaks to you as a listener and encourages you. And that's that's really the investments that is being made today. Now, I, I know that um, confidence also comes with mindset and, and confidence obviously is the theme we're, we're on today because it is important uh, for, for regardless of your gender. But with confidence also comes some mindset. And I, I know you've talked to me a lot about mindset through the years and mindset is an absolutely powerful force. And I have received countless calls throughout the years from leaders that are at the end of their rope. As a matter of fact, I've been there myself. Um, a mutual friend of ours talked me off of more than one ledge. And maybe, they, maybe this is the person that they feel like they're simply not cut out for the job that they're in, or they feel like things simply just can't get any worse right now. And each case is different, but the essence of my response to them, Wendy, is usually to either change their perspective or to change their environment. What advice do you have for the person that might be feeling this way right now as it relates to proper mindset and perspective? That is, uh, yeah, I have been there a million times and uh, I know your listeners have been and, and you and I have spoken, I know you've been there. And here's what I would say. This is the most powerful gift you can give yourself. You are only one decision away from a completely different life. Yeah. One decision. I think the power that that gives you when you are broken is exceptional. At any time, I can make a different decision and change the outcome of my life. I could leave this podcast, walk down the hallway back to my desk and make a decision that I was going to um, sell my house and uh, move into a self-sustaining farm in the, and completely change the whole way I operate my life. Right. I, I have tons of friends that operate their life in a self-sustaining environment or uh, tap more into the earth than they do into corporate America. Or I could make a decision, Jeff, where I go back to my desk and say, you know what? Jeffrey's a senior this year. I want his senior year. I'm done here. I'm going to I'm going to resign. And I could totally change the outcome of my life. Right. So I think there is power in knowing my earlier statement of nobody is coming to save me. Yeah. Uh, no matter how low I am. I have, and I have been low. There is nobody that is coming to say, it is not coming. And I think we wait for that person mm. to come rally us or give us the answer, or we look for a magic pill. At the end of the day, you are the answer and you are one decision away from a completely different life. And I think every time I start to feel low enough that I wanna, again, throw myself off that cliff, I think to myself, this is on me. And I am one decision away from totally changing the storyline, mm. the plot, the outcome, the destination. It is all in my hands and I'm just one decision away. So uh, I love that you asked that because there's power. Now when I'm laying on the bathroom floor, I'm able to say this. Nobody is coming, Wendy. Yes. You, nobody is coming except your faith or your higher power or whatever that piece to your spirit is. But I can tell you what you can do. You will rise up because you still have have big things to do. I believe in living big. Yes. It's one life, right? Live big, slide in, and at the end say, I have nothing left to use. I used everything you gave me. That's how I feel. So when I am on the bathroom floor, I say to myself, this is on you and you can change your life. Listen, 
At the end of the day, I have a beautiful home and a beautiful family. Would I be okay if I lived in a beautiful apartment instead of a beautiful home? You bet. Because I am not, this is what I do, not who I am. Mm. So I remind myself of that perspective over and over again, because then it puts the ball in my court. I am not the victim of anything. This is just, uh, we're all just doing the best we can, and I'm just living a life. Beautiful. It's beautiful. That is so beautiful and so profound. You know, when you, as you're speaking, I can't help but reflect on my journey, my life, and nobody's coming to save you. I think is the, if, if, if I were to put a banner on my life, that was my drive, <laughs> you know, and, and, and compile that with, I mean, I'm thinking like that could be the title of my book. Nobody's coming to save you. You're I love it, Jeff. I'm in. away from a different life. In 1996, in September, I answered uh, a newspaper article uh, for a job. I, I was out of the military, didn't have a college degree. Um, I didn't have much skill. I didn't want to be a burden on my sick parents. And so I answered a newspaper article uh, for a job that I thought maybe I could do because I was a hardworking country boy. And it was route delivery. And I, I, I interviewed at Centos Corporation in September of 1996. And it was one decision that changed my life. But here's the deal. You have to show up. Mm-hmm. And, and not only did I make one decision that changed my life, but then you combine that with nobody's coming to save you. I had to be the best. I had to learn a little bit more. I had to consume a little more. I had to work a little harder. I had to get around the right people. But then after 23 years, and not that I'm the greatest thing ever, but I accomplished way more than I ever thought. And Wendy, to look at your life and what you've done and what you've yet to do, those are two profound statements. Nobody's coming to save you. And you're one decision away from a different life. You got to show up every single day. And you want to talk about perspective, which in essence was the question. Wendy, that is absolute gold. And listener, listen to what what Wendy is saying here. I don't know where you're at right now on the treadmill. uh, Your drive to the job you hate, the job you love, doesn't matter. Those two things that Wendy just said can literally revolutionize your life. Beautiful. Absolutely Thanks, beautiful. So um, what else um, What else would you have to offer the audience as it relates to your journey? Any final uh, thoughts around confidence? Uh, any stories maybe that you have that they could benefit from? Or any closing words to uh, just encourage uh, every listener, but also to uh, celebrate the women that are, are out there getting it done as well? Yeah, to the women that are out there getting it done. Um, I don't want anything to be misunderstood that I don't celebrate women. Uh, Right now, I am uh, on this podcast with you and the two people at my place of employment at CentOS that are helping me and help me navigate to get into this podcast, uh, to be prepared for this podcast and to set everything up. They are both females. Uh, Both of them move me forward every uh, every single day along with so many other females. I love, I'm a girl's girl, a lot of people say. I love the girls around me. And even if I don't like you, 
I'm still rooting for you just simply from the fact that you're a girl because I'm a girl and I get it. It's hard, right? So I do want to be clear. I love I love the girls and I love this month and I love that it's on our calendar to remind us what girls bring to the world around us. Uh, I'd love to have a man's month too, if I'm being honest, because so many have impacted my life. But you know what? I'll, t- I'll take it one step at a time. <laughs> I will also tell you that even though I say nobody's coming to save you, I don't want you to be pessimistic. I want you to remember you still have so many resources. You just can't expect those resources to change your life. You can only expect them to show up and walk with you. And some don't walk very far. You know, it's really funny. Uh, my sister has a very different personality than I do. Uh, and we call my my personality the acute personality and her personality the chronic personality. So let me explain that. I am a mover and a shaker, right, obviously. So let's say one of our parents gets ill, and that will happen one day, um, and they had a horrible diagnosis. I would be the one that showed up immediately. We would completely move their life around according to the way that it needed to move. Uh, I would probably be the one that got all the doctor's on board, did all the consultation. Um, But let's say they were in a hospital bed for the next nine months. I would show up and bring gifts and try to add some light and be a spark. But my sister would sit by the bed every single day and night, Hmm. right? Uh, I don't know. We don't think she'd be very good on the initial diagnosis. And she's definitely not going to show up with gifts. But she will sit there every day until you're up out of that bed. Mm -hmm. I would tell you there are both people, know them, love them, celebrate them, and find them. And remember, you're the sum of the four or five people that you do life with. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I could say another magical thing, everybody says that, but it is true. And you have to break up with people. So uh, my other parting word is be okay to break up. Break up doesn't have to be ugly. It can just simply be be a phasing out of a relationship. Make sure you're walking away from things and people and jobs and lo- uh, part of your life that is not serving you. Mm. It is one shot. It has to serve me for me to continue. It yeah. really does. It doesn't have to serve me every second of every day, and we're all going to have to have setbacks, and we've got to be committed, and we've got to go through the stuff. But you know what? Do I want to go through five years of hating my job? No, I don't have five years. I may only have five more minutes. So I'm going to make a decision that will change the outcome of my life because I'm only one decision away from that and choose something different. Five years is too long. Know your threshold. Know what you're capable of. Know your worth and add tax. Hmm. Make people understand if you're going to take up space in my brain, you're going to pay rent. Hmm. And if not, you got to go. Right. So uh, those are some of my just kind of things that I live by, Jeff. Uh, But ultimately, I humbly say this to you. My life has been built on failure after failure. I can count my successes on both hands and it would take every every piece of my body to be able to tell you about my failures, my toes, my hands, my ears, my eyes, you name it, because the failures are so great and the successes are so few, but the successes are so sweet because of the failures Mm -hmm. and you can do this. I don't care if you're a single mom, if you are what wherever you are as a female, you can rise up and win again. You're just one decision away from it. So uh, that's kind of my parting advice other than uh, you are magical. And I always tell people this, when you see magic, know that that is magic. And uh, you are magical. And the thought that you even thought about me when celebrating Women's Month, um, 
I don't know. That's a little teary for me, Jeff. So thank you so much for spending some time and just kind of, hey, I'm not an expert of anything, but I am definitely an expert of my last 48 years. And hopefully one of your listeners out there can relate to my story. Man, there's no doubt they can. And you are absolutely top of my list. And uh, it's it's a privilege to have you on. And there's no doubt that a lot of people are going to benefit uh, from what you said. Listener, I'll tell you, find a Wendy May. Find a Wendy May and and get them in your life. Know, know who's behind you. Know who's supporting you. Wendy, do you have three minutes for a speed round? I do. I'm excited about the speed round. Yeah. So uh, first, first question in the speed round is uh, top two or three books that you would recommend that have had the biggest impact on your life. A Simple Act of Gratitude, The Go-Giver, and The Energy Bus. Hmm. There you go. I knew The Energy Bus for sure. Mm-hmm. Those are good ones. Um, caffeinated or decaf? Decaf. Mm, a fourth book, Jeff, is The Four Agreements, just in case you, you didn't it? ask for what, four. But I, the Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. There we yep. go. We'll actually post these uh, in the show notes so oh, that good. the listener can go back and, and take care of that. Winter or summer? Summer. Ooh, I like that. Favorite vacation spot? St. Martin. Ooh, very nice. So uh, think forward thinking, uh, you're retired, and uh, you get to invest all of your time doing something or supporting something that you love the most. What does that look like? So I want to uh, support the Burn Center uh, down here in, in Cincinnati. I have a passion around that, and I'd love to do that when I retire. But before I do that, uh, my husband and I are going to renovate, renovate an Airbus, and we'll probably travel, I don't know, between 18 months and 24 months and go see every national park we can possibly hit. Wow. I'm going to Yellowstone for the first time this uh, summer. I'm yeah. totally jealous. There you I've go. done a ton of travel, but I've never really invested in nature the way I'd like to. And I feel like you can't fly into that and fly out. So I want my wheels there where I can plant myself. And if I want to spend three weeks in Yellowstone, I'm there. There you go. Yeah. RV or cabin? RV. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There you go. A little bit more about Wendy May. I feel like I know a little bit more. I would have never guessed the national parks and surely I wouldn't have guessed an RV. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. I absolutely love it. Wendy, you are amazing. Thank you for the uh, extra there with the speed round. Listener, um, this is something that you want to listen to more than once. You want to take a few notes. Wendy, it's a great privilege to have you on. Um, I really love the deposits that you made. Listener, uh, go get the show notes to this website. We're going to break this down in an outline for you. There's going to be application questions that you can use. You can use them with your team. Be sure to go check out these show notes. You can get them by going to thechampionforum.com forward slash show notes. And until next time, when we meet again, be confident and never forget that you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.